Hello. 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 Hi there. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And today I'm joining the studio after making his debut. He, we didn't scare him off too much. It's BBC Match of the Day magazine deputy editor Mark Parry. How are you doing, sir? I am very good, thank you. And yourself? Very well, good very good. well. Apart from this cold, so we'll see how that goes. I'm just shaking it off after a weekend in Barcelona, because um, that's obviously what you do, you get a cold in Barcelona. But back for a midweek special of Premier Nobody League feels sorry for you. I know, I know. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for the sympathy there. <laughs> yeah, there was no violin there. Uh, moving straight on, we have a, f- a full round of Premier League games coming up uh, between Tuesday and Thursday, five of which will be on BT Sports throughout the week. We'll just dive straight in, shall we? Uh, starts off with Sheffield United versus Man City. It's on BT Sport 2 at half seven uh, on Tuesday night. Bit of a bit of an interesting one coming up here. Sheffield United, remarkably consistent. They've, they've surprised everyone, haven't they? I don't think even the, even the, the most staunch Blades fan would have would have predicted they'd be where they are in the league at this stage of the season. They've been they've been fantastic and a, a sort of a breath, a breath of fresh air for the yeah. Premier League as well. I love that they're not just sort of going gung ho into all of these games, or they're not. It's not it's not just based on winning half your games, losing half your games. It's just remarkable how how all of their games seem to follow a very similar pattern. It's it's like the same game you're watching it over and over, and, and I'm sure the Sheffield United fans won't mind that. Um, they, there's only basically in uh, two of their 26 games in all competitions this season, only two of the games at either side scored more than two goals, and they've only been beaten by more than one goal three times in those 26 games they're, it's just they're, yeah, they're it's just so a, close in every game just a well organised superbly coached team and every player knows his knows his role and, and, and Chris Wilder very much putting himself in the in the position of manager of the, of the season maybe mm, absolutely I mean for, for me is, is there any higher any, uh, I mean, I'm sure Liverpool fans and, and, and Jurgen Klopp would, would argue otherwise. Yeah, but, I forgot about those, those boys. Um, if, we, if we ignore those, which we which we, we can do, we'll do that, we'll ignore them. Um, Chris Wilder, yeah, a fantastic job this season. For sure. Do you think this has got something... So we've seen maybe with like the likes of Aston Villa, they come up and spend big money and change a lot of that winning formula. Do you think, is this a great case for keeping your team together? Is, is, there, is there a right way to go about things if you are a championship promotion winning manager? Well, if you, if you're coming up uh, next season and you look, you look at what the teams that promoted the year before did, you'd, you'd have to look at Sheffield United, and it's, it's obviously Chris Wilder had a lot of faith in those players mm. um, to, to to stick with them, um, and he's yeah he's he's got them doing exactly the same this year what they what they were doing last year. Yeah, of course, and and let's say John Fleck, another sort of unlikely hero, almost stepping up from the Championship, getting a few goals this season, uh, getting a point against Arsenal. It's not bad, and the fact that we're not surprised by them getting a point at Arsenal is is testament. To their season, no, exactly. And at home as well, they've they've been they've been really strong at home. Only lost one since September mm. at, at Bramall Lane, and um, it's a it's a big night for Dean Henderson as well in the Sheffield United goal up against Man City. Very big. He's a Man United goalkeeper on loan, and he'll be looking to, uh, I think, to, to do one over Pep and his his big parent club's rivals. Yeah, he'll enjoy that, won't he? If he gets something out of this one. Um, yeah, moving on to Manchester City, uh, they're taking a lot taking a lot of stick for fall, falling so far behind. I, I almost feel sorry for them in a, in a in a way because I think they are still playing very very good football. Like they, it's not like they've been awful. It's not like they're um, you know they suddenly turned into this shocking shocking team. Like I think that's maybe what people try to portray it as. But it's just they can't keep up with this unprecedented Liverpool side. No, the juggernaut that is Liverpool is unbelievable winning machine. Yeah, the, the City not actually in incredibly bad form at all. No. Um, they're just not winning every game. 
which Liverpool are. And so it's, it's highlighting City's small inefficiencies and ina- mm. inadequacies. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they've won nine of the last 11 in all competitions. Like, it's yeah. not it's not like getting really pinpoint and say, oh, they need to stop the rot. Like, there's no rot to stop. They just they just can't keep up with the pace being set. No, and away from home as well, they, they've scored 33 goals this season, which is an average of three a game. That's incredible. <laughs> That's a mad one. Um, Pep rotation looks like it's going to come into... Coming to effect this time round. I mean, it's every game, isn't it? So I would love to tell you that Aguero's going to start for all the fantasy football players out there. Uh, but he's probably not, because it's Pep. Uh, Rodri, Mares, Jesus, Otamendi, all potentially coming into it. I mean, yeah, again, no matter who they play up front, like like you say there, three goals every single game, probably every three days as well. They're going to score goals. They're probably going to score goals again tonight. They've scored in every game this season. Only two clean sheets in 20, though. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the that's the problem. That's it's the weakness. It? It's clearly the weakness, um, and it seems to be whoever he's playing at centre back. They 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 kind of struggle a little bit. Fernandinho's his go-to man mm. there this season, and it's it's either going to be Stones or uh, Otamendi partnering him at the back. But neither of seems to to solve the issue of, of conceding goals. They're just desperate to get Laporte back. Mm. And I think now for, for 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 Pep and for the City players and the City fans, it's all about the Champions League, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. They, they're clearly going to finish second. Yeah, um, they're not going to win the league. They're not going to drop out the Champions League places. So it's all about, I think, maybe getting a bit of form back for those uh, for those knockout stages when they got. I think Real Madrid mm. next month yep. in the last sixteen. I think it's all about the Champions League now for City. Yeah, it's a little bit like a, a, a Premier League sort of turned into a testing ball for them now, hasn't yeah, exactly. it? Like which which back four can can you put out there and hold firm? Um, any predictions for this one? <laughs> who, who, who knows? <laughs> who, who knows, knows anymore? <laughs> I mean, normally you, you think Man City going to, to Sheffield United, that, that's, a, that's an away banker. But City have been stuttering maybe and Sheffield United have been on fire. Mm. 2-2? I mean, I'm up for that. As, as somebody who'll be watching this game, I'm very <laughs> much up for that. Uh, no, I, I think I can see City winning this one. I think they're just, again, they're going to outscore teams. I, st- I still think it'd be pretty close, but they should have that edge on that one. Uh, moving on, later tonight we have, so it's an 8.15 kickoff, so you can watch the first half of Manchester Genius. City, Sheffield United. Switch on over to Beatty Sport 1 for the quarter past eight kickoff. It's Chelsea versus Arsenal. Tasty one. Tasty one between two... I don't want to say incompetent teams, but two teams not maybe not at their their razor sharp best. Two flawed teams. Flawed I think who, teams. who will give the, the other team a, a, an opportunity and chances. Yeah, precisely. This yeah. is why we have you in the studio. Uh, <laughs> fire content like this. Uh, yeah, Chelsea. We'll start with Chelsea. They're under very little pressure from anybody around them. Really, I think it's it's they're in a very nice position because they, they've dropped points. They've been you know maybe well, they've been inconsistent. They obviously lost to Newcastle last minute the other day. Yeah, it doesn't ever really seem to affect them because nobody can capitalise on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? Um, they 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 just seem to be cemented in that in that top four, yeah. and irrespective of how they get on, I think they've lost what six of the last eleven top flight games. And it's, yeah, yeah, and they're still they're still there comfortably in the uh, in the in the Champions League spots, and who yeah. knows? Is this a successful season for for Lampard so far? Do you think? I think in terms of the transfer ban and, and the players that he's given um, minutes to, you know, the likes of mm. Mason Mount and Abraham are only going to improve after, after playing so many games. I think if they if they can still finish top four, that would be a fantastic season for them. It's yeah. just it's just whether they they do slip out of those those Champions League spaces uh, places before the end of the season. That's yeah. when maybe. I don't know, eyebrows raised. For sure. Let's like say they're a bit, bit of an all-or-nothing team, as we've mentioned before, with uh, Sheffield United being so consistent. You see Chelsea swinging rapidly between you know 12 wins, 8 losses, and only 3 draws in the middle. So it's kind of like you just think that 
it's, it's okay, lads. You can draw again. That's fine. It's okay to shut up shop. And I just wonder whether, I don't know if that's maybe Lampard, is it naivety to maybe just shut, shut games down? Like the Newcastle one, if if things aren't going your way, I know they're the better team there, but sometimes you do just have to close out and make sure you, you just don't lose games. Yeah, I think so. But I think it's also the inexperience on the pitch as well as the inexperience mm. in the dugout. Um, I think only Norwich have given more minutes to players under 21 in the Premier League this season yeah. and when you've got so many inexperienced young players on the pitch it's that, that sort of that wasting time and shutting up shop is it's something that comes with experience and with age and, and, and getting all those Premier League minutes under your belt and maybe they're just a little bit naive this season but get those under their belt this season and, and next season yeah, much stronger for sure that's streetwise edge and moving on to Arsenal now uh, six wins out of 23 for Arsenal this season it's pretty shambolic <laughs> by, by their standards and what we've come to be used to from Arsenal. They've, lost, they've actually lost fewer than Chelsea, though, which is kind of a bizarre twist on the season. Arsenal sitting in 10th, but it's those 11 draws. Can, again, they could, they could probably share some of those with Chelsea. I think Chelsea <laughs> would take some. But, um, yeah, I mean, what do you make of, since Arteta's come in, what, what he's actually done with that team so far? Well, I think it's, what is it, one win in the five games he's been yeah. in charge. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a great start, but... It's obviously going to take a little while for the players to get used to his systems and his, his, mm. his style and his his, um, his approach to the game. So it's very much a, a season of, of transition, isn't it, for, for Arsenal? Yeah. Whether they wanted it to be that way or not, it, it, that's exactly what it's turned into. Um, another player he's given you know, some, some players minutes like Martinelli, who's, who's looked mm. really, really exciting. I really like Martinelli, to be fair. Really like yeah, him in the Europa a really League. Good player. The remarkable thing about Arsenal, though, is that Again, we're talking about this. They're 10 points away from the Champions League places. They're sitting in 10th, 10 points away from Chelsea. You've got Man United, who seem to be taking one step forward and seven back. You've got Spurs, who just can't get their act together at all. Palace, you know, they're not going to be anything more than sort of lower top half. I'm certainly not suggesting that Arsenal, that the Champions League is a possibility this year, but you've got to be looking up and thinking that top six is is pretty achievable, do you think? Five, five points away? Yeah, well, how many points are they off the relegation zone? That's also a question. There's also that. They are they are <laughs> seven points away from the relegation zone. The uh, Championship could be quite feasible. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird one because I agree with you there that this is a bit of a... a, a a drawing board for Arsenal to, to experiment and for, for Mikel Arteta to kind of sift through who wants to be there, who doesn't, um, and, and lay the groundwork for next year. But there is still quite a lot for them to play for if they can actually, you know, get that get that stuck into their heads that they can play for something this year. Yeah, but I, th- I think they're so reliant on Aubameyang to to provide those moments of, of inspiration and that spark mm. that he, with with him sitting out again uh, this week because of the the suspension. You look at Lacazette; he's not scored away in the Premier League for almost a year. Um, and the last three the away goals yeah. he scored since the start of last season are against Huddersfield, Fulham and Cardiff, three teams that are now in the Championship. So mm. you've got to be looking at... They just they just need more quality in there, I think. Um, I think the Champions League spots are beyond them this year. Yeah. Um, and if Aubameyang does go, wholesale change is needed, I think, again at Arsenal. Absolutely. Uh, prediction for this one? Well, I think the last time Arsenal won at Stamford Bridge was back in 2011, I think it was. It was a, the big 5-3 win. Incidentally, Lampard started for Chelsea that day and Arteta yeah. started for Arsenal. 
Nice. I like, um, this. I like I like when narratives come come back to haunt them. <laughs> so with, with with these two back involved, why not? Should we go five three again? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've just basically predicted the greatest night of football of the last ten years. Get but, the popcorn in. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Paz says watch. Uh, I, so I've gone my my very tame one one draw looks uh, pretty redundant now, but yeah, let's go five three. Probably more realistic. Uh, moving on to Wednesday, let's see if Wednesday is quite as exciting. Um, we have Leicester versus. West Ham. It's on BT Sport 2 and it's a 7.30 kickoff. Uh, we'll start with Leicester. I think you've got to be a little bit careful to make sure their season doesn't just completely slide away from them. I think we've seen this before once, you know, the promise of whether they were really in, you know, truly in the Premier League title race or not. I think they were for a while. I mean, they certainly had to be considered it in there. But what, now that that's kind of gone, it's just a bit of a worrying you know, are they, is that them on the beach now for the rest of the season? Are they still going to see finishing in the top four as a, as a big achievement? A um, couple of defeats on the bounce now. Probably need to sort sort themselves out a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think they've got a bit of a cushion, haven't they, in, the, in that top mm. four? They've got, I think, nine points down to um, to, to fifth place. So they've, they've got a bit of a, a cushion there. Um, I think they're just looking tired. Yeah. I think they're just looking tired. And they, they, they did make us all believe, didn't they, that they were involved mm. in a title race after those eight wins on the trot back in the autumn, including that. Yeah that phenomenal 9-0 win, yeah. win away at Southampton, we all started to believe that actually maybe they, maybe they can strut with a fairy tale again, but mm. it wasn't to be. Um, Tielemans was a, was a big player for them last year. He started to look tired. Um, Vardy's got one in five, I think it is. Chilwell, Madison's Madison. has been a little bit quieter, hasn't he, a bit quieter yeah. over the past um, month or so. Hopefully it's just a little bit of a, a, a blip, which all teams in brackets apart from Liverpool seem yeah. to have yeah. um, the human sides in the Premier League this I year so. this, is, this is a nice game for Leicester I think to try and get their their Premier League campaign back on track West Ham coming to visit there's not many teams that you'd rather face is there yeah. I think yeah for sure Bournemouth Bournemouth, Bournemouth yeah. but uh, but yeah West Ham will do for them and yet, and yet you say that and the, the defeats you know that they've had Southampton Burnley two sides sort of desperate for the points down there I know Southampton will be a little bit less but Burnley in particular um, they were in real dire straits and came along and got a huge win against Leicester. So you wonder whether West Ham, we'll move on to West Ham now, but West Ham, again, they're another team who have something very much to play for. And, and I wonder, again, whether that is something Leicester need to address and, and actually match match teams for how much they want to win these games. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, obviously Leicester had those those two sort of disheartening defeats against City and Liverpool, which kind of almost effectively ended yeah, their, the their, their, their title yeah. hopes and aspirations. And maybe there's been a bit of a long hangover from that, but once once things start to click again, they've got they've got a really good team. Yeah, Leicester, um, a team far too strong for for West Ham. It's just whether Leicester is still in that that mental state of of, of feeling disheartened and um, feeling mm. a bit, little bit sorry for themselves. Yeah, yeah, they need to pick themselves up and see that third fourth is still. I mean, before the season we were saying top half and you know maybe top six potentially, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, top four finish will be incredible for them, and another European jaunt for them next season <laughs> if that were, if that comes to pass. Uh, West Ham, so they they thrashed Bournemouth, um, thrashed Bournemouth four nil with with Mark Noble in in all sorts of form. Um, it's looking a bit more reserved of late, quite underwhelming against Sheffield United and Everton, two two decent teams, but they didn't really put up much of a a great showing in either. No, no, and it's uh, since it's. David Moyes came back. It's 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 one of each, isn't it? It's one win that that win against Bournemouth in his mm. first game, and then a draw and a defeat since then. Um, yeah, I just think they they lack 
they just lack genuine quality, I think, throughout the, the team. I mean, they spent big, big money on um, Sebastian Heller uh, uh, up front, who's yeah. he's got six goals this season, which is nothing to, yeah. to really shout about. He's looked a bit isolated at times this season. If you're looking at the expected goals or just looking at goals, it's he's, he's not putting the ball yeah. back of the net enough, is he? For sure. For sure, for for the forty million price tag as well, but um, yeah, I'm, I guess they want the likes of Anderson. They want the likes of Yarmolenko. I know they've got a couple of injuries in there as well. But yeah, I think Antonio could possibly be back. And if if he, he, I mean, he obviously played a few games at centre forward uh, earlier this season. Yeah, if he can get up in and around Hala, then maybe, maybe they can start scoring a few more goals. Yeah, prediction for this one. Well, it's was it ten defeats in the last fifteen games for for West Ham. I think this is the the game when Leicester get it back on on track, and it's a. Uh, it's a 2-0 Leicester win. Yeah, you'd hope so for them. A pretty simple day at the office of Brendan Rodgers. He will hope. Uh, moving on to Manchester United versus Burnley. That's also on BT Sport 1. It's a 15 uh, kickoff. So once again, what if you get sick of Leicester-West Ham, switch over. Man United will be getting beat. Uh, <laughs> no, perhaps not. Uh, Burnley buoyed by that win over Leicester. I think they've got much of a chance in this one. Uh, it's another one, isn't it, where you've got a team like Burnley going to Old Trafford. You, traditionally, would be a comfortable home win, mm. um, but we're not living in traditional times at the yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. certainly we at live Old Trafford. In strange times. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been a bit shambolic. I think United, um, and at the heart of that is is that central midfield that they've got there at the moment. Absolutely. If, if your midfield is what Fred, Andreas Pereira, Nemanja Matic, it's it's not it's not good enough. No, it's not good enough at all. And they need big changes in there. Either Pogba comes back fit and he plays games, or he goes just so we kind of we know exactly what's going to happen there in the in the middle. They they need quality and they haven't got it. Mm, now, obviously, with Marcus Rashford missing as well, that's an absolute hammer blow. Hammer blow for for United. Yeah. I was going to say about Rashford, do you think they've handled him well there? I, mean, I know we don't know the ins and outs, and, and, and I know there's a lot of reports saying that Rashford was very insistent that he would um, play through the pain, etc., etc. He obviously did his ankle in, a few days later does his back in. I just think, when you, when you talk about Pete, I think it's like a bit of floating bone or something in his it ankle, is, yeah, and exactly. it's like, is that really... I don't know whether that's another sign of, of just the disarray at Man United. Like, uh, that they haven't re- rely on a 21-year-old lad who is the future of that club, future of England, etc. Yeah. And you're letting him make his own choices on whether he can walk out onto the pitch with yeah. b- bits of him <laughs> not functioning. I just think that's crazy. No, it is crazy. and It's, 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 it's obviously not good, is it? I mean, a, 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 effectively a broken back that he had there with some, some yeah. uh, stress fractures in the vertebrae that's not good and and, 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 and players have, have, have struggled to come back from that kind of injury in the past to, mm. to, to the to the level that they were playing at before and I think question marks seriously do need to be asked about the medical department at Old Trafford to, that, that things like this can happen yeah. because it shouldn't happen yeah, and I know there's you know sometimes players can wave off a knock, but that, like you're saying, they're fracturing his back. Like it's it's it comes down to this sort of. Um, I know there's been a lot of discussion about concussion and head injuries and stopping the game instantly, and you just think like when that's your spine involved, like you've just got to you've got to accept that there are things that are bigger than than yeah. the, the nine minutes. You can't risk you know? that, can you at all? It's, you can't risk it at all. Mm, absolutely, uh, and totally agree with you there about the centre midfield for Manchester United. Just just not functioning really as it, as it should be. No, they're they they're just lacking. They're lacking, and they 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 don't really they don't really look as though they're going to get a top four spot this season. I don't think. I think they're just uh, the deficiencies in that squad will will prevent them from from claiming a Champions League spot. 
Yeah, it's holding them back from any sort of consistency, isn't it, really? Um, Burnley in this one, uh, I guess only they and Norwich, bottom bottom of the league, out of the bottom eight, got anything, any sort of win at the weekend. Uh, so that was a fantastic result for them, really. A um, little bit of a sim- similar situation to Chelsea, though. They're a bit of an all-or-nothing side, obviously more in favour of, you know, they lose games than win them. Um but for a team who sort of prided themselves on this organised Sean Dyche way of football, it's quite surprising that they've only they've only drawn three games this season. Yeah. You just think that they maybe need to get back to that. And, and you see what Sheffield United can do with a few draws, just keeps that little momentum, steady flow of points coming in. Um, and, and yeah, I know that they had a win at the weekend, which has lifted them away from danger for now. But they could easily get sucked back into that. Yeah, and the, the form obviously before before the weekend was was very poor Diet. and very alarming yeah. as well. I think it was uh, four straight defeats and then s- seven defeats in, in the previous nine. Very much relegation form. And like you say, un- unusual really for a Sean Dyche team, which n- are normally superbly organised and mm. just don't give don't give the opposition much chance at all. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, and, and yet, like I say, we're seeing this that could get sucked into it, but they could also very easily get out of this and be home and hosed within a few weeks. So they're, they're on 27 points now. We've got United, Arsenal, Southampton, Bournemouth, Newcastle coming up. One win of those, you sue the 30 points barrier with 10 games to spare. It's it's incredible how how it can work, but obviously the Premier League is not a sensible <laughs> league. Um, prediction for this one? Well, I think the last two at Old Trafford between these two have ended uh, 2-2 with um, Man United coming from 2-0 down. 1962, the last time Burnley won at Old Trafford. <laughs> Did you know that? I did not know that. Seven years before man set foot on the moon. So <laughs> the chances of Burnley winning are slim, but this is a poor Man United team. Li- Let's just go 1-0 Burnley. Yeah, I was going to say, see it. Just got 1-0 Burnley. Go with that. Yes. I'm going with a draw. Anything but a win for Man United is a shambles. But like you say, in these crazy, crazy times, Burnley will draw with Manchester United at Old Trafford. Uh, <laughs> moving on, so we have one final game, and it's a pretty big, tasty affair. It's on BT Sport 1 on Thursday night. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. It's the only match of the day, and it's Wolves against Liverpool. Um, should we start with Liverpool? We can get them out of the way with. We, we've pretty much ran out of things to say about Liverpool. We've already mentioned them far too many times today. <laughs> Um, this week's shout-out goes to a, a midfielder who Manchester United would kill to have in their team, Gini Wijnaldum. Gets stuck in, presence, power, skill on the ball, absolutely demolished Maguire when he was uh, driving through on call. He, he, I just feel like he is the sort of player who United needed Pogba to be. And the thing, the thing with Wijnaldum as well, he's, he's, he's almost a perfect team player, which, which many people mm. accuse Pogba of not being. Yeah. Pogba wanting to, 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 to stand out and... and, and have his name sort of shown up in lights, whereas Wijnaldum is just, he's very much a, a, a cog in that in that Liverpool machine. Yeah. And he, the way he, he receives the ball and, and, and just pops it off, he's he's a he's, yeah, he's, he's really key player for, for Liverpool. Mm. And I think if you're pairing him with Henderson as well, I mean, they do the running for an entire midfield. So if you've got Lalana, Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, I think they would love to have Fabinho in there. I mean, they're doing all right at the back without him, but uh, I think they need maybe that third top quality midfielder in there as well to get the full effect from them which is scary considering how yeah. much they're getting from them um, I just think those are the players who win titles we, we see James Milner's and you know like they're, these feel like the sort of next level Park Ji Sung almost what he was <laughs> to Man United like just just getting constantly 8 out of 10 performances from them that that's what gets you the league titles 
Yeah, but this Liverpool team, I think it, eight is, is um, eight out of ten is, is a poor week for them. They're just <laughs> well, yeah, there's that as they're well. clocking up nines and tens every week. I think, and, and some of the some of the achievements they can get this year are just uh, uh, incredible. Mm. It's an incredible stat, which oh, out of the possible ninety three points, they've won ninety one in the Premier League. Ninety one out of a possible <sighs> ninety three points. My goodness! So that's <laughs> thirty wins out of the last um, thirty one games. Yeah, it feels like uh, I, you felt like. On Sunday, once that you know, once Salah scored, that was just such an explosion. Of, you could see, couldn't you? That we've done it. Like it, yeah. it just very much. I think they were chanting, sort of like we're gonna, you know, yeah. now we're gonna believe us, sort of thing. And it just felt like that was the moment everybody was like, "Yep, yeah, we've won this thing." And I, and I think we can pretty much call it over as we speak, barring um, insane things happening. Yeah, but, no, no, Liverpool, Liverpool, one hundred percent have won the Premier League title this yeah. season. First title for thirty years, they've won it. I think now it's a case of. How how great and mm. iconic and significant this season this season can be there. Obviously, after Man United's treble in nineteen ninety nine, so they can, yep. they can still do the the, the Champions League, yep. FA Cup, Premier League. They want City's one hundred points record um, and Arsenal's invincibles record as well. Imagine doing All the clean sweep in one season. <laughs> oh, Everton fans, we're sorry, we're so sorry, <laughs> but you know you can't write it off though. It's like this winning mentality in every competition, they're under twelves of beating Everton. <laughs> like they've got this relentless mentality that's probably going to see them see them over the line. Well, I think the big question is whether they can do it in a in a cold Sunday afternoon in Shropshire on a on Sunday afternoon. That is the question. The I was going to ask. Can Shrewsbury Town stop Liverpool winning the treble? You tell me. I think it'll be a mixture of youngsters and players on the fringe of things, and maybe a couple of a couple of regulars. Yes. Who to look out for for Shrewsbury? We have a, a Shrews fan in the studio here right now. Who, who are we looking out for in a Shrewsbury Shrewsbury shirt? Well, the thing Shrewsbury struggle to break down teams in League One. We're very much uh, I say we because I'm a Shrewsbury fan. Um, we're very much a one nil, one one nil nil kind of team. So don't go expecting many goals yeah. from Shrewsbury. If it's if it's going to be a Shrewsbury win of uh, any any description, <laughs> it's going to be a set piece in Fair. the second half. Yeah. So you've heard it here first. Uh, Shrewsbury may only only beat Liverpool by one goal to nil. Uh, but before the Shrewsbury game, they have Wolves. Uh, Wolves. I'm backing them for the top four. As in, like, just make the surge, make the surge. They're five points off. Uh, they're sitting in sixth. They've got a strong squad. Uh, Pedro Neto coming into it. Two goals in his last three. Uh, Adama Traore, who is a player who <laughs> is just... Uh, how good is he to watch? I- I've watched him for a while now. He's still only 23 is the mad thing. Because I feel like I've watched him for a few years. Yeah, I think totally. When he was at Middlesbrough. Yeah, in Villa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I-, I always thought he was the ultimate, like... Everything up until the final third, and then capitulation. Like like Aaron Lennon in the extreme, or Theo Walcott in the extreme. Now he's put a final product to himself. What a player! Yeah, um, it, it, absolutely. Abs- yeah, one of the most, probably the most exciting player in the Premier League this season. Up, I'd, up I'd, there. I'd say. Um, and his battle with with maybe Virgil Van Dijk on uh, on Thursday night could be a an amazing <laughs> yeah. spectacle. Two of the strongest players in the league. And um, yeah, try away possibly the fastest, and Van Dyke's not slow either. So yeah. it's definitely one to keep an eye on. If they had the old player cam, get zoomed in on um, Troy and and Van Dyke. Absolutely, and and he's the sort of player as well who, like you say, he's got that balance of just being an absolute ox in terms of strength and speed. He's got a bit of both, and yeah. you wonder whether I mean, there's not many wingers will have had to face Andy Robertson, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know. They won't have faced that many times a season, no, no, and, and he could cause them a few problems. 
Well, that's that seems to be the, the the one time when teams have maybe put Liverpool on the back foot and and and, and kind of closed them down is is when they've they've gone after Robertson and and, and Trent. I think those yeah. two kind of almost run the game for Liverpool from from fullbacks. Yeah. So if you can pin them back, you've got a chance of yeah of maybe getting a getting a couple of goals. Mm, could be a very interesting one. one. And, and like you say, uh, they're not expecting anything out of this game. But Wolves. They are probably, in my eyes, that team who will be looking at Chelsea's fourth spot, seeing if Chelsea lose a, another couple of games and thinking, well, Spurs aren't going to have it. Man United aren't going to have it. Why not? Why not us? And and to be fair, whatever they end up with in the top six, they should end up in the top six. It's a very, very... It's a job well done. I think maybe they've also just looked a bit tired as well over the last couple of months, Wolves. They've played a lot of games in the Europa League mm. and a lot of games in the in the Premier League. They've played 41 games this season so far already, which is quite a lot and it will take its toll. They've been decimated by injuries over the last uh, last month as well. So when these players start coming back and they get their full strength team out again, I think that's when they'll make their, their charge for, for the top four. Mm. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one at, against Liverpool, though, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Any predictions for this one? Liverpool away to Wolves. Well, I don't think you can predict anything apart from Liverpool win at the moment, can you? Liverpool just yeah. win every single game. They Liverpool play. win to nil. <laughs> Shock horror. Um, Wolves haven't kept a, a clean sheet. I think they kept one clean sheet in the last 15 games, so they're not keeping things particularly tight at the back, especially with um, with Bowley out injured at the moment. Yeah, I can see this just being a 2 0 Liverpool win. Yeah, a routine, routine yeah. notch on the belt, so to speak. Uh, I, I think I'm going with Liverpool win. I'm saying Wolves could be that team to break this run of, of clean sheets, potentially. I think, like I say, if Traore is somebody they, they haven't, you know, they haven't really faced too too many times this season or, or that sort of mould, I'm going to go Wolves are going to score. That's the, that's the boldest wow. I can go with that one. <laughs> and that rounds off Wolves versus Liverpool. Uh, next up, we have some fantasy Premier League tips. Um, so we've got a few bargain midfielders in there, Triora being one of them at 5.7 million. Uh, you've got Dakura at Watford, who's, t- t- uh, who's doing very well at the moment, 5.6 million, uh, especially with Ismail Assar, uh, who is about 6.2 million. He's, he's injured at the moment. He could be in this week, may not be. I think Dakura is the safest bet there. Uh, Jack Grealish as well, 6.6 million. I'd love to see him go at one of the, uh, I'm sorry, Villa fans, but I'd love <laughs> to see him turn up at a, at a European club at some point or, uh, you know, sides in the top four. Um, but for now, he's, he's he's plugging away very well at Villa. Um, ben Foster, 4.9 million, saved me this weekend. Uh, four clean sheets in his last six, only conceded two in the, in those other two games. Uh, picked up a couple of save points, bonus points, bit of everything. And, and like I say, he's a cheap goalkeeper as well. And... Uh, so I've triple captained this week. I've triple captained. It's a, it's a big it's a big one. Um, I'm having a shocker of a season, uh, and I'm not going to tell you who I've triple captained because that will jinx it. Uh, but look at Liverpool this week with their double game week. Uh, you've got a choice out of Salah, Mane, Firmino, Trent. Uh, take your pick. They're all probably going to do very very well. Uh, what's in match of the day magazine this week for us, Paz? Well, obviously, coming up to the end of the transfer window, we, we look in depth at which which players certain clubs are looking at. Uh, we've got an exclusive interview with Deli Ali. Uh, we look at Sergio Aguero and ask whether he's the best Premier League striker of all time. And also, it's some some big FA Cup previews as well. Yep. To nice whet the appetite for this weekend. Yeah, big one coming up. And none more so than Shrewsbury's enormous tie with Liverpool. Uh, Aguero, by the way. Top, uh, top, top, best, best striker in the Premier League history. Well, you tell me. I don't know. Maybe the numbers certainly uh, stack in his favour in terms of goals per game. 
I'm going I'm going with narrowly behind Henri in terms of overall player in Premier League. Henri takes it for me. But you'll have to read the magazine to find out what the guys think of that one. And you can head on over to radiotimes.com slash sport for all of our previews for the FA Cup coming up, uh, all the Premier League games in midweek. We also have a lot of Australian Open coverage going on uh, while that tournament happens down under. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers, Paz, for joining us in the studio. Listen next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.